kind of sad. There's no uh, Josh. <laughs> no one to interrupt our uh, intro music today. Yeah, there's no wiki wiki wow or whatever he tries to do to this intro music. It's uh, it's just us, and it was kind of quiet. It was a little weird. Josh is out sick, but uh, with us as always, we have Jeremy. Hello, happy to be here. And Jess. Hi, it's Jessica. Of course, I'm your host, Chris. This is the uh, Snow Report. Uh, we are also joined by Misty K. Snow. Hello, this is Misty K. Snow. She is your uh, Democratic nominee for U.S. Senate in the state of Utah this go-around. So, Chris, if I live in Panguitch, can I vote for Misty K. Snow? Yes, you can. It From, is a statewide uh, race. What is it, St. George is the furthest city south? St. George is right there by the Arizona St. George border. all the way up to Tremont or Brigham Logan. City or Logan or whatever cities the furthest And Vernal on the east uh, yeah. side and Wendover, Wendover on the west. Wendover on the west, yeah. Manila, even. You can vote for Misty K. Snow. Or for Mike Lee if you really feel inclined to do so. But I don't know why you'd want to vote for him. I mean, he doesn't actually want you to vote for him anyway. He thinks that we... He thinks that... 17th Amendment was a mistake, which allows you to directly elect your senator, so he doesn't think we should be able to vote for a senator, so he doesn't actually want you to vote for him, so don't. There you go. You know, he doesn't vote in most of the the votes in Congress anyway. That's true. That's very true. So we are going to try something a little bit different uh, this week. Uh, Misty K. Snow has a debate uh, October 12th at 6 p.m., at uh, BYU, uh, we'll be televised on a lot of different channels, played on the radio. Um, that's tomorrow, so if you hear this before, then please please tune in. Otherwise, uh, you missed it, go find it. It'll be online, I'm sure. Uh, the Utah Debate Commission, I think, will put it up. So It'll generally be on the news station streaming as well. Yeah. After yeah. the so fact. Most of your news we'll stations. try to link it. We'll try to, we'll try to link it on our different sites. So, uh, we're going to kind of format this very similar to that. Uh, I'm going to first ask Misty for an opening statement of sorts, why we should uh, vote for Misty um, versus Mike Lee, what she's going to do for the state of Utah, and then we're going to ask her a bunch of questions. She doesn't know what these questions look like or are. Uh, This is uh, just us. So, uh, Misty, go ahead. All right. Well, thank you, Chris, uh, for putting on this uh, podcast for me. I I greatly appreciate it. Um, I my name is Misty K. Snow. I was born right here in the state of Utah. I'm a lifelong Utahn. I have I understand the people and cult the history and culture of the state and have a connection to the state and to its people. I'm 31 years old. If I'm elected to the U.S. Senate, I'll be the very first millennial in the U.S. Senate, making me a voice for my generation. I'm a also I also work at a grocery store. I'm a working class person who understands the needs of working class people and their families. I'm somebody who understands what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck. I am somebody who knows what work what average people all across the nation are going through on a day to day basis. Many people throughout our nation feel that Congress is out of touch and no longer represents them. I believe the way to fix that is to elect more working class people to government so that we have a government that truly, that actually understands the needs of working class people. I want to fight to, to ensure that our workers have a living wage. I want to fight to ensure that our mothers have access to paid maternity leave. I want our children to be able to drink clean water and have clean air to breathe. I want to ensure that all of our citizens have access to affordable health care. I think we need to fight to get money out of politics, and I will I'll be a champion on that issue. 
There are many issues affecting this country that need a fresh perspective. I am not a Washington insider. I am not a career politician. I'm someone who has never even been to Washington. I am someone who will provide a fresh voice to Congress, a new voice, a voice that is needed, a voice that is currently missing, a voice that is currently uh, underrepresented. I will be a Utah's voice in the U.S. Senate and a voice that I and I would really much, very much like your vote about uh, th- this election. Sorry, you're okay. That was pretty good. Perfect. Pretty good. Yeah, that was super smooth. That's awesome. So, in case you guys are wondering, it's a short format, uh, minute and a half for each question. Yep. Uh, so that's all we're going to give Misty. You can have 30 seconds to even, like, rebuke yourself <laughs> against yourself <laughs> if you want. Well, maybe I'll ask a challenging question go. here and there. Perfect. I get the first one. Yeah, awesome. Get the first first one. question. Yay. So there are polls showing the public's high distru- distrust in government and loyalty. How do you view yourself as a remedy to fix this toxic situation? Well, this, again, is like a problem I just touched on in our opening statement. Many people feel that Congress is out of touch with the needs of work, with the needs of average citizens. Uh, you know, we have a situation in this country where 51% of people are making less than 30000 a year. And Congress uh, has been, uh, quite frankly, uh, unwilling to take action on that issue. So I think we need uh, new voices in Congress. We need people who can provide a fresh perspective, uh, someone who actually understands the needs of average citizens, working class people, and as somebody who works at a grocery store who is a working class person, I will be that representative who will provide that perspective. Another issue I think leads to a lot of distrust in government is that a lot of people feel that uh, uh, many of our elected officials are to be holden to corporate interests. It's a problem with money in politics and a reason why we need to reform our uh, campaign uh, finance uh, system. We need to have stronger laws in place to prevent uh, limitless spending by uh, private interests. And we also need to have uh, more regulations to uh, limit the amount of money our elected officials can take as campaign donations. Because we want our elected officials to be beholden to the voters and not the donors. So I would definitely like to uh, fight to try to, I think I'd like to advocate for a constitutional amendment. I believe that's the way to fix it long term. And I think that is something that is needed. Very good. Very nice. Jeremy, <clears throat> you want to take a shot at number two? I absolutely do. <clears throat> this is an issue we've talked about a couple times in our podcast. Misty, do you support the F-35 fighter jet? Uh, okay, so the issue with the F-35 is that it's costing our government a lot of money we have spent about 400 billion dollars on the f-35 program so far and we're slated to spend hundreds of billions of dollars more and the problem of the f-35 is that um sure it might create a few jobs in the military but our own air force says it's an airplane that is not needed it's not something they ask for it's something they say is not needed and there are actually huge concerns about how uh, worthy the airplane is and in, in bad weather at night and they're a lot of our pilots apparently are apparently afraid to fly these airplanes when the weather's not good or when it's at night. And they say that the F-16s are more reliable. We have a lot of them. They're, 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 they're proven fighters. So why are we spending hundreds of billions of dollars on an airplane that our own Air Force says we don't need, that many of our own pilots don't even trust to fly? 
you know, so we're talking about wasteful spending. I think that is an area where it really is wasteful spending. $400 billion, we could make, we could spend that money elsewhere. We could create a lot of jobs. Sure, there might be some jobs in the military, uh, through the F-35 program, but 400 billion, we could invest that in education, hire more teachers, pay our teachers better. We can invest that in uh, cleaner energy. Let's fake investments in solar and wind. There's a lot of jobs to be created there. Uh, solar is one of the fastest growing industries in the country. Uh, we could invest it in education. Let's uh, put more send more people to college. I mean, there's many places where we can uh, spend this money more efficiently, more effectively. Thank so, you, Misty. So, Misty, on, on the subject of the F-35, uh, undoubtedly the F-35 has brought a lot of jobs to Utah. Um, I don't know the exact number, but Hill Air Force Base is, is certainly a recipient of the F-35 being in service. What do you, what do you say to those people that, that work in the F-35s at Hill Air Force Base? Well, as I don't have anything against the people at Air, Hill Air Force Base, but, but as I pointed out, you know, we, yeah, we can create a few jobs with the F-35, but a $400 billion is a lot of money. And I bet you we could create a lot more jobs spending $400 billion in pretty much any other industry. We have a teacher shortage in Utah. Why don't we spend some of that money uh, to hire more teachers or pay our current teachers a bit better? Why don't we, uh, you know, again, create more jobs in green economy? Let's create, let's make, give people affordable health care. I think there's better uses for that money. Okay. Well, since you talked about education, Misty, um, there are many college graduates stuck in unemployment or part-time jobs. Uh, often these folks have mounting massive student loan debt. Uh, how do we get them into full-time jobs, and what are we going to do to help them grow and invest in the economy? Okay, so that's a two-part question. Uh, first of all, when we're talking about uh, college uh, for many people in my generation, colleges become unaffordable. Uh, far too many students, they go to college, they end up with a lot of student loans. By the time they graduate, they're you know, tens of thousands, or sometimes even hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And they will spend off, they will spend a good portion of their life paying off that debt, in some cases, the rest of their life. And I think that is very problematic. And I would like to see uh, Congress reduce the interest rates we charge on our student loans. I don't think it is necessary for us to make money off the backs of our students, especially when we're willing to give near-interest loans to banks. Why don't we give our students the same deal? And also, I'd like to see us try to make uh, state-owned tu- uh, universities tuition-free. Uh, currently, we the federal government spends about $62 billion a year in grants. Uh, to make all of our uh, state-owned uh, to, uh, university tuition, it costs about $75 billion. So we're talking about a difference about 12 or $13 billion to make our universities t- uh, tuition-free versus uh, offering grants. So maybe we should do that. I think that would make college more accessible and more affordable. And it would put more spending money in the pockets of our students and probably allow them a bit more uh, free time and to, uh, you know, like a bit more flexibility in their work schedule so they might actually be able to uh, attain a full-time job a bit easier. Thank you, Misty. Okay, I've got one, and and this is a big one having to do with the presidential race right now that anybody who doesn't live under a rock is going to have an opinion of some sort. But, Misty, what will be your reaction to either a President Trump, if that occurs, or a President Clinton? All right, so I I would be a bit disappointed if uh, President Trump uh, and a Trump presidency because I just... I feel that a lot of his rhetoric is uh, very problematic. I disagree with a lot of his policy proposals. I, 
you know, I just don't think he'd be, I just don't feel that he's the best, uh, the best our country can offer. And I would be really concerned with him as a president on the flip side. Sure. I mean, I've been critical of Hillary Clinton on a number of issues, but I do think if nothing else, she will be a good role model for uh, women and girls in this country, which is something I definitely cannot say about the other guy. <laughs> um, I, I was at, I was actually had the opportunity to uh, be at the convention when Hillary Clinton accepted her nomination. I was there actually with a really good friend of mine. And this friend uh, is always telling the story about how when she was growing up, her mother uh, worked was always working just as hard as her male co-workers and was continuously paid less every single time. And that is very important that we elect Hillary Clinton because Clinton wants to ensure that every woman in this country is paid equally. And that really resonates with me. And I remember on that night when Clinton took the stage, I remember how excited and how full of energy my friend was. And I thought it was a beautiful moment. So no matter what you think about uh, where uh, Clinton stands on some of the issues, I do believe she will be a great role model for our, wi- our young women and girls. And I will personally be proud to vote for our nation's first female president. Thank you. All right, Misty. So 12% of Utahns live in poverty. What do you plan to do to help decrease that number? Uh, so poverty, you know, one of the leading causes of poverty in this country is the fact that a lot of jobs are simply not paying uh, their workers enough. Uh, if we want to eliminate poverty, we really need to get serious about raising uh, the minimum wage. The current minimum wage of seven twenty-five an hour is not a living wage. You can't live on that in Utah or anywhere else in the country. And when we look at who is working these low wages, uh, we're talking about people who are disproportionately women, disproportionately people of color, disproportionately members of the LGBT community. So if we really want to help uh, kind of close the income gaps experienced by women, by people of color, by members of the LGBT community, uh, raising the minimum wage is a good way to do that. It's a way to put more money in the pockets of our poorest citizens. I, you know, so... Other ways we can help reduce poverty again are increasing access to education. Uh, you know, because it's like make education more affordable, especially for higher, for higher education, because that gives them more spending money. Uh, when it comes to healthcare, again, let's make healthcare more affordable. When people are spending half their income on insurance premiums and drugs, uh, they don't have, that doesn't leave a lot of spending money for others in necessity of life. Let's, I mean, let's try to bring down, uh, make, uh, do more to ensure that there's affordable housing. Here in Salt Lake City, we have seen a lack of affordable housing. We've seen rents triple in the last uh, uh, 10 years. I guess, so that's also problematic. So we need to do more to try to ensure that affordable housing is available. Obviously, this is a multifaceted problem that's really hard to discuss in 90 seconds. <laughs> but you did it. I, I you're think doing you did great. A good job. <laughs> you're doing good. You're, you're hitting these times. Someone's been practicing. Shh. <laughs> did it like go in your sleep yesterday all last week yeah do you so, like random people call you and be, ask you questions just make sure you're on your toes most, most of the time when there's like people reach out to campaign i have Ginevra usually answer those questions or that's a good idea like she's got the unless, campaign unless it's something she doesn't know the answer like and as many of these questions you can answer yourself so i don't do it because <laughs> <laughs> it's just it just i don't have time to answer every email everything myself i just well that's what Ginevra's for right yeah well, Ginevra's awesome. And, and I remember her name, Ginevra. I bet she's high-fiving you through the through interwebs. Through the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Misty, uh, whoever becomes president's going to have an impact on this nation dramatically and, and really because of Supreme Court nominations. 
Um, all those nominations do go through an approval process in Congress. So what kind of Supreme Court justice do you want to see be nominated? Um, I would like to see a Supreme Court justice who wants to uh, rule differently uh, the next time a law regarding campaign finance comes up. I think uh, some of the recent Supreme Court rulings, such as the Citizens United case, such as the McCutcheon case, that uh, really abolish a lot of the limits on independent expenditures by uh, moneyed interests in our country. It's... We're in danger of really losing our democracy as corporations are flooding our electoral process with uh, endless amounts of uh, money, and I find that very problematic. So I would that would be an issue that would be one of the top issues I would want in a Supreme Court justice. I want somebody who's like we need to protect democracy. We need to you know rule like overturned the previous rulings of Citizens United of McCutcheon. Uh, possibly even going back further, like with like Buckley uh, v. Vallejo, which again, which I, you know, so which was much far earlier, but also was problematic in how it uh, changed our campaign finance laws. We again, like I said in my opening, or like I said earlier, uh, we want to have a government that is accountable uh, to voters and not donors, not special interests. And unfortunately, the more money that is in politics, uh, the less of that you see, and it's. And I, I really, I worry about the future of our country if uh, the private money and moneyed interests ha- are able to have no limits. You doing all right, Misty? Yeah, I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> all right, Misty, what is your opinion on Bishop's Public Lands Initiative? So the Public Lands Initiative is very problematic and. You saw it. It was created by Rob Bishop and Jason Chaffetz in the House, but the Senate sponsor of the bill is Mike Lee, and so it's an it, so it's an issue. I definitely uh, definitely disagree with Mike Lee on. I think it's a terrible bill. Uh, there's a number of very problematic provisions in the bill, and it's quite frankly an unconstitutional bill because there's uh, provisions in there that kind of usurp the authority of the federal government over our public lands. Um, another troubling uh, thing about the bill is that. There's, it has makes changes to some of the lands uh, currently on uh, Indian reservations. So this is going to be the first land grab of native lands in over a hundred years by our government. I thought we were done with these kind of imperial <laughs> colonial land grabs, but Bishop Chaffetz and Mike Lee are like they're like, no, we need to take more native lands. And you know, and Mike on Mike Lee's website, he talks about how he wants uh, public more public lands to be made available for. Uh, Resource uh, development. So we're talking about uh, drilling in these lands. We're talking about oil and gas, which is one of Mike Lee's, one of the industry that donates heavily to Mike Lee when we're talking about money and politics. You know, he's beholden to the fossil fuel industry and he wants to take a lot of our public lands, some of the native uh, reservation lands, and open them up to oil and gas extraction. I mean, that's what this public lands initiative is about. It's if it's a land grab, nothing more. We live in a very, I'm not going to call it polarizing because it's very Republican. How are you going to get voters from the other party to vote for you? I'm just going to make the same case I've been making to everyone. Mike Lee has not been a good representative for Utah or our nation. He doesn't really represent Utah values. In Utah, people care about children. They care about women. Uh, Mike Lee, he voted against uh, the Violence Against Women Act uh, to protect women from uh, 
you know, violent partners to provide funding for rape crisis centers. And, you know, he had this great statement about uh, the horrible Trump comments to Trump, but Mike's voting record has done nothing to actually protect women from that kind of behavior. Uh, Mike Lee says he cares about children, but again, he blocked aid to Flint, which is forcing children to drink water contaminated with lead and drink and bathe in water contaminated with lead. As someone who cares about children, I find this uh, horrendous. I absolutely think the Senate should do everything it can to ensure that our citizens have access to clean drinking water. Uh, so Mike Lee blocking that aid and then later voting against it on, is unconscionable. Again, I want our working people to have a living wage. Mike Lee says he wants working people to have more money in their pockets, but he has voted against raising the minimum wage. So when he, Mike Lee says, so when I talk about how do I get people to vote for me, I try to make the case I'm a better a representative of Utah values of of caring about families. Mike Lee has not uh, done that. He has a lot of great rhetoric, but actions speak louder than words. And Mike Lee's actions are that he doesn't care about women, that he doesn't care about children, that he doesn't care about working people in this country. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, taking care of children and and women and working class Americans. Uh, The Affordable Care Act was a dramatic piece of legislation for this country. Um, but it's been challenged constantly in Congress over the last six to eight years, really. Um, where do you see the future of the Affordable Care Act going, Misty? Are, are you going to move to abolish it, scrap it, try something else? So I think, first of all, it's very important to recognize that the Affordable Care Act has been very important in reducing the number of people who are uninsured in this country. It has also provided very important consumer protections in that people are, will no longer be denied access to health insurance because of pre-existing conditions. On the other hand, uh, we do need to do a lot more to ensure that uh, more people have access to health care, considering we have 30 million people in this nation without any health insurance, 350,000 are Utahns, 85,000 of them are, are children. I I think we need to do more to close that gap. I think we should, Affordable Care Act should have had a public option. And I think we need to do more to ensure that uh, more people have coverage. Uh, Mike Lee has obviously not shown any leadership on this issue. He actually led a government shutdown, which cost the state of Utah, according to Gary Herbert's office, $30 million to try to block the Affordable Care Act. Uh, you know, so he doesn't have a alt- he hasn't offered any alternative on how to give more people health care. And this is, again, kind of what we've seen with Mike Lee. He's, you know, he's okay with the uh, insurance companies holding us hostage, okay with the drug companies uh, charging us exorbitant prices for their uh, medications. He is not going to stand up and say, I don't want it. I stand up to these industries and say, I don't want our, the citizens to be held hostage and be forced to pay or die for life-saving medicines or treatment. Uh, we need a senator who isn't beholden to the pharmaceutical industry, who isn't beholden to insurance companies, and wants to uh, actually advocate for people in this country. Great. Misty, um, national security is always an issue um, with, with the concerns for the economy and the national security, especially domestic terrorism these days. How do you plan to fight it on a local level? All right. So it's, it's an interesting uh, twist <laughs> on that question. Usually when they talk about national security, they're either talking about foreign policy or uh, cybersecurity. Like, so we're, let's talk a bit about cybersecurity. On a local level. Like on a local level. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, on the, so here at the home, what we can do is make more investments in our cybersecurity infrastructure because a lot of our infrastructure, a lot of our servers, a lot of our 
uh, data communication. They're actually kind of obs- like, kind of on obsolete technologies. I think we need to invest a lot more in uh, bringing those up to date. We need to do more to, I mean, as cyber espionage is going to become more and more common, especially for countries like Russia, like China, and we need to be uh, prepared to thwart those uh, attempts to um, gain access to uh, information we don't want our uh, other foreign governments to have access to. Um, so that's very important. On the other hand, uh, we need to, I think, balance that with uh, the constitutional rights of citizens. We don't want to see more of what we've seen the last uh, few years with warrantless wiretapping, NSA spying, the the collection of metadata, I think that's all uh, going way too far on uh, balancing the interests of people's rights. We don't want to violate the people's rights. Uh, so people, when they're talking about how, how they're trying to talk about protecting citizens, I'm like, we can do this without violating people's rights. And I think that is where the Obama and Bush administrations really crossed the line with the warrantless wiretapping with the NSA spying. We can balance the, the, the interests of our security without... Uh, violating the constitutional rights of our citizens. Thank you. To follow that up, Misty, why are you the best person to represent in the Senate our state from an attack such as what you were just speaking about? Because I'm a millennial. Millennials have a lot more understanding about how information technologies work. Uh, I think having a new perspective from somebody who grew up in what we call the information age uh, would offer a I very much needed a voice on these issues who actually, you know, like I said, we grew up with the Internet. We understand, like, how easy it is to uh, track data on the Internet, how about hacking. We understand that hacking is possible. We understand that these are real issues that I think might be that uh, some of our uh, more senior members of the Senate might not have a full grasp of. Okay, Misty, uh, really Kind of the last bit here is is for you to uh, give us a closing argument. Why should people vote for you? As I said before, I'm somebody who could provide a different perspective on Washington. Uh, as I said before, 51% of people in this country, according to the Social Security Administration, make $30,000 a year or less. I am in that 51%. I represent a majority of people, of working people in this country. I will be a voice that understands their needs, understands what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck, understands uh, what average people across this country are going through on a day-to-day basis. One issue that I would like to really talk a bit more about that wasn't covered earlier in the debate is issue of paid maternity leave. Uh, we're, the United States of America is one of just uh, two countries in the entire world doesn't offer, it's guaranteed its mother's paid maternity leave. This is a very important issue to ensure that our mothers have. Uh, because, yep. You know, the reality is, no, everybody has a mother. Everybody knows somebody's given birth. So why can we not guarantee paid maternity leave like every other issue, every other nation on earth? This is, it's a very moral issue. We care about mothers in this state. We care about mothers in this country. We should offer them paid maternity leave. So that's an issue I really want to touch on. Uh, but then again, other reasons to vote for me though is look at Mike Lee. Mike Lee voted against the Violence Against Women Act. He blocked aid to Flint. He has, uh, He's against, like, uh, he has these crazy ideas of what the Constitution means, but then he's against, like, the 17th Amendment that allows you to vote for him. He thinks the 14th Amendment uh, that allows uh, people who are born here to actually be citizens is problematic, so he's actually not against the Constitution. You know, I believe in the Constitution of the United States of America. Mike Lee, I think, believes in the Constitution of Mike Lee. So I I would like to (laughs) clarify that when every time he says something's constitutional, 
He just says constitution, constitution in place of real ideas or real solutions. And I'm somebody who actually wants to fight uh, for people. We have, we have an opportunity to elect somebody who will be a true representative and true voice for working class people in this country. And I will be that voice. And I encourage you to exercise your power. Well, that was more than a minute, but I wanted to let you keep going because I thought you had some good things to say, Misty. Um, So that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, A little bit different format. We made Misty just talk herself silly. Uh, But uh, Misty, where can people find you and and get on and help and donate to the campaign? For those who'd like more information about my campaign, I recommend visiting my website at mistykaysnow.com, M-I-S-T-Y-K-S-N-O-W.com. There you'll find links to my donation page to my volunteer page you also find links to my social media at the bottom page to facebook to twitter to instagram if you anybody you can donate it's greatly needed it's greatly appreciated just because we're four weeks from election day doesn't mean we still don't need donations i you know there's still day-to-day operations of running a campaign people you know have staffers who need to be paid because they're trying to feed their families uh obviously it's running you know just day-to-day costs of keeping an office open stuff there's like just day to day cost, but also we still have a month. The month is like forever in election. Well, that's a election. long time of campaign. Time. So don't think oh, it's only four weeks. No, that's for that's an eternity in campaign world. And if you have five dollars, donate five dollars. You don't have to donate a large sum of money to help. And share, share the posts, share the stories. Yeah, talk to people about why you think Misty's a great candidate for Senate. Why you think she should represent Utah in the state in, in the in the national Senate. Um, Misty K. Snow is the Democratic nominee for U.S. Senate in the state of Utah. And no matter where you live in the state of Utah, you will see her name on your ballot. Um, so thanks, Misty. Uh, we're the New Utah Podcast, and uh, you can reach us on Facebook at the New Utah Podcast and Twitter at TNU Podcast. But uh, thanks, Misty, for uh, having a, an enjoyable conversation with us. And good, good luck. luck. Yep. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, be sure to catch that debate tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday, October 12th. At uh, 6 p.m. at BYU. Yep, and it will be broadcast on TV. It'll be on KSL, Good for Utah, KUED, KBYU, also C-SPAN is carrying, which is national TV. And for people who don't have TV, it will be on KSL uh, News Radio and also Utah Public Radio, so you can tune in and listen to it on the radio. If you don't listen to the bait, you're crazy. Uh, I'm just really curious what Mike Lee's going to say. Or not say. And for most voters in Utah, uh, ballots hit the mailboxes uh, today. The uh, state mailed them out today. Yeah, We're they started. started mailing them out today, so I think the earliest people have them in their mailbox probably be tomorrow, which tomorrow. is just perfect time for the debate. So Yeah, so take a look. Um, you know, if you typically vote Republican, watch the debate. Hear what Misty has to say and, and what Mike can defend, because uh, he's, not, he's not a Utah representative by any stretch of the imagination. That'll do it for us. Good night, folks.